Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. No community can exist in our minds without what we call the qualities of the real human being, which is open-heartedness and total acceptance and support of each other. My mother always said, if we have a pot of beans and there's nine of us sitting here at the table, there's room for one more. You don't let somebody else go hungry. That's community. It's all alive. It's all connected. It's all intelligent. It's all relatives. We stand at the threshold of a historic opportunity in the human experiment to reimagine how to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. It's a revolution from the heart of nature and the human heart. In this series, The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature, we celebrate social and scientific innovators with breakthrough solutions for restoring people and planet, creating a future environment of hope. The nature of nature is change. Sometimes it hurtles into fast-forward, tripping radical shifts. Think of it as nature's regime change. For the first time, people are causing it on a planetary scale. Regime shift is the technical term some ecologists use, for instance, when the climate flips from one state to another. It can be irreversible, at least on a human time frame. These evolutionary exclamation points unleash powerful forces of destruction and creation, collapse and renewal. We do have a compass of sorts during times like these. As Charles Darwin observed, it's not the strongest of the species that survive, nor the most intelligent, but the ones most responsive to change. The name of the game is resilience. It means the capacity of both human and ecological systems to absorb disturbance and still retain their basic function and structure. Resilience does not mean bouncing back to business as usual. It means assuring the very ability to get back, or if things radically change, to deal with the new management. One thing we know is that resilience arises from building community, enduring relationships and networks that hold cultural memory in the same way seeds regenerate a forest after a fire. We also know resilience comes from decentralizing our systems to a more localized community level while empowering local communities to solve their own problems. Dr. Martin Luther King had a vision of what he called beloved community. We are tied together, he said, in an inescapable network of mutuality. In today's tattered world, what might community look like? One place we can turn is to the world's old growth cultures, native peoples. Many of these cultures have managed to sustain community over centuries and millennia. What can they teach us about resilience? This is Beloved Community, Hello My Other Self, with Native community leaders Ilarian Larry Merkuliev and Guadalupe Avila. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. Two native North Americans, Ilarian Larry Merkuliev and Guadalupe Avila, recently shared their perspectives on what beloved community means to them.
Angwan. Kamagalai kamna, kamagalai kasuda. Angwan in my language, the language means hello, my other self. That is the beginning of community for me. Larry Makuliev has worked on behalf of his people, the Aleuts of the Pribilof Islands, for more than 35 years. He was the first Alaska Native person to serve as commissioner of the Alaska Department of Commerce and Economic Development. He chaired the Indigenous Knowledge Sessions of the Global Summit of Indigenous Peoples on Climate Change. Co-author of Aleut Wisdom, Stories of an Aleut, Merkuliev is a senior advisor to the World Wilderness Congress. I had the blessing and privilege of growing up in real community on a small island in the middle of the Bering Sea with 500 people, 1.8 million fur seals, 2.5 million seabirds, 1,000 reindeer, and 600 Aleuts. <laughs> and literally the whole village raised me. And wherever I would go, this is no exaggeration, in the community, I would always be affirmed by every single adult, every single day, for my entire childhood. They would see me, and their eyes would light up every time, all the adults, just for me, little old me, you know, four years, five years, six years old, seven, up to age 13, before I left the community. Good, good boy. Can you imagine raising, being raised like that every single day and by every adult in the whole village? As I was treated as a child, I was never treated like a child. I was treated like another human being with absolutely equal respect that they would give to me as a child as they would give to an adult. No community can exist in our minds without what we call the qualities of the real human being, which is open-heartedness and total acceptance and support of each other. Guadalupe Avila of Mexica ancestry chairs the board of Huichapi Koyaka Tioshpaye, which means where's the star. Tioshpaye is used to mean spiritual community or family. She works to provide a spiritual community to unite Native Americans across geographical and generational differences. She shares how traditional indigenous knowledge and customs can offer all peoples sound ecological and social values. At the core of beloved community is a spiritual essence that's expressed either in the divine feminine, creator God, something sacred. And the core of that beloved community is expressed in love. For me and my beloved community, the core is love. And it's love in action. And it's love in the faces that I see around me. Love allows community to transcend suffering and pain and doubts and fear, and look at hope, faith, the possibility of a future. Love also allows for that medicine for our community to heal from our wounds and transform it into power. And that, for me, is my 
beloved community. Acceptance, the medicine of supporting one another. Love in action, beloved community. But what about contemporary society's emphasis on personal freedom and individualism? Larry Makuliev. As a child, I would be given the freedom to go and do whatever I wanted to do. The adult's responsibility was simply to create the space within which I can grow. And I was given a freedom to explore who I am to my fullest capacity. And the silence, I would go out on the tundra every day and just lay there and watch the clouds, listen to the wind wrestle along the leaves or the grass, listen to the insects buzzing around, and smell the seals. They're like, you know, 1.8 million fur seals. They smell strong, and it covers them. <laughs> An island is, you know, 12 miles long and 5 miles wide. I would go to bed at night uh, to the sound of birds and wake up in the morning to the sound of the seals. But the silence is the place that I learned experientially that is the only place where we can connect with all that is within ourselves first and then automatically with everything in existence, including every human being. It is the foundation for community within myself first before anything outside. And the elders say, nothing is created outside until it's created inside first. So unless I have the sense of community within myself with all my different parts and relate to it and embrace all of it, no matter what it is, I can't do it on the outside. And Guadalupe Avila. I grew up in a rural area, agricultural area, one of seven children. And my mother and father never went to school, you know. But they instilled in us the personal freedom to go to school, to look at that as a way of having the freedom to have a choice of not working in the fields and being sprayed with pesticides while we were picking. And with that personal freedom came the belief that we have, that we have a right to a better life. And so many of us, so many of our poor communities don't see that. They have difficulty dreaming of the possibility of that personal freedom to fly in the directions that their heart tells them to go. Individuality was not something in my language because we were a family, we were a community. What happened to someone else in my community mattered to us. My mother always said, if we have a pot of beans and there's nine of us sitting here at the table, there's room for one more. That's community. You don't let somebody else go hungry. Community is about caring what happens to someone else. And so it wasn't until much later in life, and I can say right now, that this T-shirt that I'm wearing, Wichapi Koyaka Te Oshpae, means in Lakota, where's the star? 
and some of my community members, sisters, relatives are here. It's the community that's allowed me to enjoy and to unleash that personal freedom to dream once again in a way that is even beyond me. And this community has seen in me the potential that I didn't see in myself. And because of them, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you. That's what my community has done for me. I didn't do it by myself. They encouraged me. They said, you can. You have something to say. You matter. We need you up there. And in having this community, it's allowed me to also practice solitude, a solitude that allows me to go even deeper within myself, to really look and question myself so that I can grow to be a better human being. I have a responsibility to my community, to my beloved community, to become a better human being. Freedom to connect to all of life, to be alone with everything, to dream with freedom and of freedom. Community responsibility to become a better human being. As Dr. King wrote, our loyalties must transcend our race, our tribe, our class, and our nation. When we return, the resilience that authentic community brings can get really up close and personal. This is Beloved Community, Hello My Other Self. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. Bioneers Radio is made possible in part by John Masters Organics. Feel good about looking good. Learn more at johnmasters.com. To explore more Bioneers radio shows and conference videos for free, visit bioneers.org. Friending someone in a more traditional community is not what it's like on Facebook. Just ask Larry Makuliev about daily life in his Aleut village. I have never looked at community in terms of ideals, and I don't think anyone in my community ever did either. Uh, we see each other's foibles, but the thing is, we make it very public. <laughs> <laughs> we have the VHF radio, and some the clinic announces, uh, so-and-so married Sarah, um, Wilma, you all got to come down for a pap smear today. <laughs> and, you know, um, uh, Jack, um, you, you left part of your pants down the store. <laughs> 
And the people are scratching their head. What the heck is the story behind that one? Everyone's very much involved with everybody else's life. And uh, with the good and the bad. In my lifetime, I've been to over 200 funerals. And funerals are very personal. Everyone that I knew, the entire village, uh, uh, adults as a child, I have been to all of their deaths. I've attended all of their deaths. It's very powerful. In fact, part of my job was to watch the dead body in the church at nine years old all by myself at midnight. Mm, get familiar with death. And the grief that uh, we must express, that we learn by watching the, the adults and the elders, they embody the grief. They just take their whole bodies and they, ah, 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 their whole bodies are into that grief because of the ancient understanding that unless we release that grief, they become stagnant pools within us that creates a separation that then we no longer have community. I love that. So I grew up loving to see people in deep grief process. We have so much unresolved grief in the world today that is part of what keeps us from being in community. Guadalupe Avila. For me, the difference between beloved community and utopia is that beloved community is alive. There is a ceremony that the Lakota people, who I've had the honor to know and make relations, who live in some of the poorest the poorest reservations on this country, and yet are the richest people in ceremony, in spirituality. And I believe that they give hope to this world today. And they have a ceremony that's called wiping of the tears that allows us to express our grief, not by ourselves, but within community and with community. And that allows us to move on. It allows us to heal. So beloved community is alive with tradition. It's alive with ritual. It's alive with ceremony. It's alive. Utopia for me is a concept. So beloved community has a place for all that we experience in life. Our joy, our sadness, the coming-of-age ceremonies, whatever it is in our life cycle, beloved community makes us space for that. And hey, welcome to real life. Not everyone is friends, and communities have plenty of fault lines and rough patches. Larry Merkuliev. The other wisdom is that we never add injury to injury. And those who might come from that place of being very obnoxious are very injured. But we have ways of doing with it. I mean, we're limited only by our creativity and our lack of access to the wisdom of our own hearts. So, for example, if somebody's creating disharmony in the village in the southwestern Alaska amongst the Yupik people, the elders would put together what they call a guzyak, which is like a steam bath. But it's a steam bath only of the men and the elders. 
And they would invite the person that might be creating disharmony in the village into that steam bath. And the elders would just tell stories. But they're stories on point. And there's no pointing to this one individual. Because they need their dignity and they need to be treated as a real human being. Otherwise, if we come back down on them, we are adding to the disharmony in the community. We are adding to the injury of that person. Uh, then I'll give you another example. There was two individuals who were running for prime chief amongst 46 villages. And there were seven candidates and they were at each other's throats. And it created such disharmony in the region that the elders did something totally unprecedented. They took over the election. And the elders stood up and said, we only have two rules for this election. One is that the candidates are going to be able to talk about the other candidate that we assign them to talk about. And the other one is <clears throat> the winner of this election will be the one that can find the most good in that other person. Now, think about the wisdom of that one, eh? And so, uh, John and this other guy, I'm, I'm witnessing this, you know. They were at each other's throats up until this time, and they knew that if they were BSing, the elders would know. They had to find the real good truth, good things in the other person. Oh, I know John, he's a really good hunter, he's a good fisherman, he provides for the elders, he shares everything he takes, on and on and on, back and forth. At the end, there wasn't a dry eye in the place, and these two guys were hugging each other. <laughs> but neither of them won the election. <laughs> <laughs> well, how wise it is that we would choose leaders who have the depth of compassion, understanding, and empathy for other human beings that they can see so many good in the other person. And that's the one that won. Beautiful. Language and story created all of us. It brought us to this moment. And what I want is for language and story to remain alive in our traditions so that our future generations can have story, can have their language, can have their traditions so that they can continue to create and continue that memory, that timeless memory that allows for beloved community to be active, to be alive and provide for all that the people need in all our diversity, but with compassion, with a place for room for differences, for a place for room for realizing that the environment is not outside of us, ourselves, but it is us, we are of it. It's not out there, it's here. So that's what I would like to kind of weave into this, this story tonight time began for human beings when we slipped out of the present infinite moment, when we went into shame, rage, remorse, grief, sadness, anger, 
jealousy, greed. And we slipped into the future through our fear, projecting into something that has not occurred yet. Everything but being here present now. And our minds function in such a way as to pull us away from ourselves. The thoughts do only that. So, in my dream, we will re recover the aspect of the real human being where we are all infinitely present and that consciousness is what guides us to put together whatever the new is. And that will require as one of the first steps to slip out of thought. I know this is possible because by age six I could sit for hours with no thought coming through my head, but still have a vast feel. In fact, in Aleut country, we consider thoughts as dumbing us down. <laughs> and the words that come from these thoughts dumb us down. The true intelligence of the real human being is the entire embodiment of the human being, with thoughts not interfering, but supporting that which comes from that awareness. And that I know we are going to do. Ilarian Larry Merkuliev and Guadalupe Avila. Beloved community, resilience from the inside out. Beloved community, hello, my other self. Many more Bioneers radio programs and conference videos are available online for free at Bioneers.org, where you can also find out how to attend the annual Bioneers conference and local Bioneers satellite conferences near you. Bioneers voices are heard more widely with your support. Join by visiting Bioneers.org or call 1-877-BIONEER. The Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Ausubel. Written by Catherine Stifter and Kenny Ausubel. Senior producer, Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Production management, Aaron Leventman and Chuck Castleberry. Station relations by Creative PR. Distribution is by WFMT Radio Network. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Ryko Disc label. Additional music was made available by Silver Wave Records at silverwave.com. For more music information, please visit Bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in inspiring a shift to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. This is program number 0311.